As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. In this pop culture saturated world, what's a nerd to do? Hang out with your good pals on Nerdy Show, that's what. Our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted D20 that is the modern nerd. When we're not devising horrors that combine VR and spiders or taste testing weird food, we're discussing the latest geek happenings digging into our deepest nerd niches or interviewing a celebrity or two head to nerdyshow.com or find us on itunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness state of the empire is presented by the nerdy show podcast network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse and is brought to you in part by consequence of sound the web's foremost source of music and film news reviews and insights all Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to State of the Empire, Nerdy Show's Star Wars Speculation Podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt. And this episode, this is our review of The Last Jedi. We're going to go all in. If you haven't seen the movie, there's no blast doors here. Um, it's honestly, our feelings on it are far, far too complicated to even bother to, like, we couldn't conceivably give a summary that doesn't involve a ton of deliberation at this point it's been about 24 hours since we've all respectively seen it we couldn't get together sooner unfortunately but we're here we've actually had a wealth of time to decompress in fact matt matt's seen it twice at this point Mm -hmm. so we're beyond the blast doors where this is raftar this is like the raftar homeworld (laughs) (laughs) this this place is it's fucking dangerous they they warned us we we were reading all the the cautionary tales about how this is going to be a a divisive star wars film it is polarizing yeah i was like how divisive could this really be and boy this is one of the most divisive (laughs) pop films i've ever seen yeah and i and we're both confused we're all confused as to what it's like i don't know i it's so weird that that is the the actually that's the perfect adjective that I've I've been seeing that constantly people online is that they're just confused confused if they like it confused if they hated it like it's crazy but everyone's having powerful feelings there's not I, I'm maybe the most among the most middle ground uh, feelings on this that any out of anybody I, I I know and purely because there are some things that I and I think well okay everybody's in the same boat there's some things people definitively like about it. 
and there's also some things that are just fucking confounding and how confounding you find them to be that determines your overall enjoyment I yes guess. yeah yeah your your focus determines your reality <laughs> and what's what's interesting is you know in the last episode we had we you know attempted to issue this teaser of all the the data we'd found from the uh visual dictionary of uh the Last Jedi, we we read an outline of the film, which we didn't believe That's was true. true. That ended up all being, it. yeah, it ended up being real. So we all knew the plot of this film in in bold strokes going into it, the outline, mm. but made the concession of like even if this is true, um, the de- the delivery of yeah, something, who knows, yeah, yeah, it can be much different from the a summary of it in a bullet pointed list of plot points. And the reality was is that yeah, some stuff that I didn't think they were going to be able to pull off actually were, was done in a compelling way i couldn't have predicted yeah and certain things i was like oh boy this is gonna suck i was like oh that was actually pretty well done i was surprised like so and 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 meanwhile i'm wondering what you guys are talking about <laughs> yeah because matt you you're well why don't you just fly off the chain right now why don't you how do you feel i well i i won't be able to fly off the chain as much as i have been because i have such a splitting headache talking about this movie for the last two days that i can't really even like it's just it hurts so bad it's okay here's the thing those spoilers freaked me out when we read them last episode but i feel like actually if you if you wrote this movie's plot down for me on paper and said this is what the movie's going to be about i can see a very compelling film in there i just had major problems with the execution particularly the non-force aspect of the story yeah, I think I thought, everybody can kind of agree that the the plot line between Kylo, Rey, and Luke was actually pretty fucking great. Yeah, it's like the whole movie. Yeah. Like that's like that's what everyone was wanting to go into this movie scene. And for my money, it was also I think the strongest part. You know, obviously, if but, you uh, if you told me that Rey and Kylo were going to communicate across the uh, the Gulf of the Stars, I'd have been like, and, nah, that's dumb. Yeah, it would been it's fu- <laughs> it's it's fucking stupid. There's no way that's going to be good. But it's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a great job with it. I think Hamill did a good job with it. I thought Circus did a good job with it. That fight scene was terrific. Like that conflict was good. You you made me actually believe that that there's some conflict in Kylo. I actually did a better job than convincing me there was conflict in Vader. You know, like there's good human drama in that. It's just I wish I could cut everything out of this movie and just make it 90 minutes about <laughs> about Ray's story because Everything about Finn and Poe's plot threads, like, I can't find anything redeemable in there. I mean, I could go on and on about how that humor was terrible. Like, I defy anyone to tell me that it wasn't one fart joke away from prequel humor. Like, BB-8 was shooting coins out of a cannon in him. You had an, an alien belching in his face. Um, him driving the ATST. Uh, inappropriate comments from, you know, like... It, sorry it's just hard to recall here's the thing all, all the those all those things you just mentioned those were a step too far but but not you're right not as far necessarily as the prequel humor um i i very very close like i can't i can't separate an alien belching in bb8's face because the slot machines looked like bb8 for some reason also <laughs> finn and bros got arrested for a parking violation that is a shitty spy film. They're literally arrested for a parking violation. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, just even diverting from the humor, the Finn and Rose story was so unearned and so like 
character development lists. Like it was just, you know, she's crying over her sister and she just hates evil in the world. And man, Canto bites evil. Don't try to actually show me it like too much, except some people getting whipped. Like, and I wish I could, she said, I wish I could put my fist through this city, this beautiful, lousy city. Like it's some bad writing in the Canto bite stuff. There was no selling me on first that, that exterior, that beautiful exterior, and then showing me the, like the, the horrible interior. It was done in 30 seconds and was just supposed to make me believe it. And it just, it didn't earn it. None of that sequence was earned. The Fathier chase was terrible. I have a feeling that, uh, the bulk of the deleted scenes comes from Canto Bite. I believe that. Because they, they think of how fast they got there. We didn't even see them arrive. For context, if you haven't heard our prior episode, Ryan Johnson's original cut was this from it was just over three hours. Yeah. I'm willing to bet there's a shit ton more at Canto Bite because of how fast it moves when they get there. Like they get there and then like imme- they, we don't even see them arrive. We just see the crash shuttle. And it's like, wait, that was oh, that was their shuttle. Okay, great. And then they're already in the casino. Where's this master codebreaker? There he is. <laughs> you know, like there was yeah. no, you know, and then, and then arrest them for, for yeah. parking, fucking and, parking violation. And, like literally that alien like followed them into the casino just to make sure Canto Bite PD arrested them. Right. Like who was that guy? He looked like a patron. Well, he, like, uh, as we, as we I, outlined I mean, in the prior episode, he said he's a driftwood artist. <laughs> oh, he's the driftwood artist. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Okay. I just I don't understand the Canto Bite sequence at all. It, it doesn't. Maz specifically says you need a master codebreaker. He's the only one who can get you in. You need a master codebreaker. By the way, the whole use of the phrase codebreaker also is sort of emblematic of another problem I had with the movie, which is a lack of confidence in world building. They didn't want to use the slicer phrase because people don't know what it is, and it's a problem that I have with Force Awakens, where they don't just say, "Oh, I'm hauling Rathars." They have to have the other p- characters kind of say what the audience is thinking, which is, what are Raftars? Oh, have you heard of the massacre of blah, blah, blah? No, I haven't. Oh, well, good thing that you haven't. You know, th- there's a lack of confidence in just dropping phrases like Lucas used to do so well in the original trilogy. When he says, "My, you know, he, he, he fought with me in the Clone Wars. You, the audience, are thinking, what's the Clone Wars? But I don't need a character saying that. Like, Rose... Here's the Fothiers running outside, and she's like, are those what I'm thinking, what, what I think they are? And she runs outside, and they don't say, wow, they have Fothier racing here. They say, you know, those are Fothiers. Finn's like, what are those? And, you know, she has to explain it. Like, this movie is just filled with that. And Finn can't even say the names of the crystal foxes. He goes, we're the crystal critters, because they don't want to use, you know, they have to just spell it out for the audience. Or or don't because God forbid they need to leave something for people to go figure out on their own. Now, this this thing it's we we do our damnedest to be as objective as possible on this show, and yeah. and and all this all of our any kind of intensity we have, it, it comes from a place of of having a lot of experience with you know world building storytelling and familiarity with the the craft of of the original Star Wars films. And in all variances in between, and there is a definable shift in what Star Wars has become from the Disney transition. This show, right. State of the Empire, existed on like from the moment that Disney purchased Lucasfilm to present, mm-hmm. and it's been interesting, you know, seeing what that. We're only just now really 
getting a good sense of what that transition means, watching them struggle through the anthology like films and and then seeing what the difference is between, you know, okay, well, so The Force Awakens was a first step for attempting to relaunch Star Wars and it was done rather quickly. So what does it look like when they when they have more confidence and they do it again? And then we get this thing that is, it, there's there's so much to love about from my perspective of stuff in this film so mm-hmm. so many things that are like visually stunning but most of it represents untapped potential i think this movie as long as it was the longest star wars film to date and as long as it could have been over three hours uh it still had more content than one film could support while qualifying all those character arts and arcs and everything else going on there that they had to abbreviate consistently. Like, we could have had a great film on Canto Bight where that was, at the very least, a quarter of the movie. But it was not a quarter of the movie. Hmm. Um, it was nowhere near yes. a quarter of the film. It was it was like 15 minutes. And I I, th- I guess what's... What I've never disliked a Star Wars film before. I even like the prequels because, you know, they can leave me intrigued to find out more. And I just... I mean, you mentioned that it's the longest film, but like the longest film, but I, how much did we get out of it? Like, did we actually, like, I don't feel like I got like two and a half hours worth of like mental content out of it. Like I got some, some good force conflict, but like the rest of the movie is to me was just so lifeless. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't get anything. And and yeah, I, I know I'm the negative voice in this group, so I should probably, Wait, and you what's know, inter- you're not you're not normally the negative voice. Yeah, going into this movie, I thought this was going to be the exact opposite of like where it ended up. Where you know you'd be saying, "Well, no, it's great," because I I actually went back and listened to our Force Awakens review <laughs> and <laughs> just to hear like what what was our because that was like fresh out of the theater, right? That was like the first Star Wars movie since you know Revenge of the Sith in 2005, and we were all just like, "Why? Oh my gosh!" You know, like the just the all of our theories on what was going on, what was going to happen. And we were all so sure that, well, except for me, everyone else but me was sure that Ray was going to be Luke's daughter, you know, like all these crazy things, you know, it's oh, so, so, so quaint now, but there was all this sort of excitement, but then halfway through the episode, it all started to be like, well, yeah, there was that thing they didn't do. Yeah, that's really, yeah. Okay. And then pretty soon it, it, you could hear over the course of the episode, it developed into kind of mostly where we feel about force awakens now. And I'm wondering where we're going to be six months from now. And, you know, because, I mean, think of how we were six months after Rogue One and where we're going to be six months after this. Like when when Han Solo comes out, when we see Han Solo, the solo film, how are we going to feel looking back on this film? And there's no way to guess now, but uh, I don't know. The only reason I even bring that up is because of how different – I feel versus how Matt feels, but I totally understand everything. That's the thing. Like I'm agreeing with all these like nitpicks that you're pointing out. They just didn't bother me. <laughs> I mean, I can't, right, you know, right, that's right. the thing. Like, it's like, I can't argue with the fact that, uh, like, uh, Rose and Finn, everything on Canto Bight was like, just they, like you said, they were selling us on this idea. It's like, a, it's like a spy movie on, you know, on Canto Bight, like an early intrigue in this, the decadence mm-hmm. of the city, and I'm like, oh shit, that sounds amazing, and, and it looked amazing, and it looked amazing. Everything we were seeing, but then we we saw like four seconds of it, and it, yeah, it turned into a glory. It turned into this film's cantina sequence because every film has a cantina sequence now. Yeah, yep. they even kind yep. of had a riff on the cantina music. Yeah, playing. 
and I was super excited because we saw pictures of those tree people from beforehand. The people who were like, I don't think we ever saw them on the, in the film, but in the art book, the, yeah. the music is performed by these tree people who like whose communication is based around music. And what was it? What we ended up getting sounded basically like it was. That was what. That was something that really like as soon as it hit, I was like, oh no, like it's figure and Dan all over again. But like that was special before. Why are we hearing it now? I see, right. That's I, I. I. On one hand, I'm like I. The thing. One of the things I really liked about the film was. It showed new Star Warsy things in new Star Warsy places, but at the exact same time, not nearly giving enough of it. And like, it it, it felt this movie. I, I wonder if if the if it was edited by committee where they were like, it has to move at a breakneck speed. Ryan Johnson, you made a boring three hour movie. No one wants to see that shit. You got to move. And so like, as soon as you get settled into a scene, it's like, oh man, we just learned something great about the Force, and we're gonna see what's happening with Rose and Finn on Cant on Cantabite. And I'm like all right, well, maybe something interesting will happen now. And they meet DJ. And I had mixed feelings about DJ because DJ was cool. And I liked Benicio Del Toro's interpretation, like his, his characterization mm-hmm. of it. But when I saw the actual Codebreaker, I was like, I kind of wish they actually got that guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, The, the, the storyline attached to Master Codebreaker and Lovey that we know more about thanks to us reading the visual guide than what happened in the film. We didn't even know they were going to be characters in this movie. Right. But like, wow. As soon as I saw those people in play, I was like, oh shit. It's gonna, this is going to be incredible. Wow. Surprises. And then nope, they're arrested. Dude, if you got, dude, if they had, if they actually got Master Codebreaker instead of DJ, which I grant, I like DJ. It was fine. DJ was like, he... There's many things surrounding how his character was implemented that are full of like ri- ridiculous, weird, just weird questions. Yeah, that that like that are big plot holes. But the actual portrayal of of that character and everything that character did it, yeah. for Star Wars yeah. was like a little little piece of Blade Runner in, in Star Wars, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, and it's well, yeah, it, it, funny Blade Runner. You kind of hit the nail on the head. I wasn't even I didn't know how to vocalize it, but that's pretty much true. But that's a whole other discussion. But I, I after the movie was over and I was thinking back, like I like DJ, but I started to picture what kind of movie it would have been. If they got the codebreaker, the master codebreaker, and suddenly I pictured like the perfect marriage of like George Lucas prequel era, like dashing swashbuckler, like ha, you need me, fine, I'll do this, and just like being the cavalier, you know, uh, uh, yep. master thief. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. The cavalier. I was like, yeah. I was just like, holy fuck, that would be amazing. But instead, we got DJ, which was okay, but it was just different. And the, but the thing that is frustrating, and I understand why, was that it's like, oh. Maz says you can only get the master codebreaker. He's the only one who could pull this off. But as soon as they're thrown in jail with DJ, he's just like, eh, I could do it, I guess. And they're like, all right, we have to go with you. And I didn't understand why they were so hesitant to do that. I mean, I know they're breaking out of jail, but was there really no other way to contact the master codebreaker? He doesn't have a spa- I, space. I, I honestly believe Ryan Johnson spent 90% of his film figuring out the four story. And then and, he yeah, just. And, and I totally like, I almost think it's worth it because of what we got with the four story. Like if if in order to get that force story, he had to put that much focus on. Which I mean, to, if I was asked to make this film, that's the part I'd be shitting bricks about. I'd be like, oh my god, oh, yeah. you know, I yeah, you're like, absolutely right. About like that. I, I could like, totally, I, I could totally do the the hide and seek, the cat and mouse game on Canto Bite. Spin a little, you know, uh, political statements in there. That's all fun and good. Uh, some some comic relief, great. That I could do that in my sleep. But when it comes to what does Luke say? to ray about the nature of the force what does yoda say to luke to to make him change his mind i I would i would dude i would like cry myself to sleep every night for like three months trying to make it work so they made that part work i I, I think we're all in agreement that those were like the best parts so if it means sacrificing 
like Rose and Finn and all that other stuff. But that's that that kills me. Like Finn was my favorite character, favorite protagonist coming out of Force Awakens, and they chose to revert his character. Like he already made in Force Awakens the conscious choice to not run from the fight, but to join the fight. He was about to leave on that freighter on Takodana right. and like leave Ray and them behind, and then Ray gets taken, and he makes the conscious choice to go get her. To, to go to Starkiller base and take down Phasma and take down the First Order's weapon and to, to become a hero. But what did they do in this movie? He comes out of a coma and he's the same fucking person he was on Takodana. It, it's just not good writing. <laughs> like, now, yeah, it drives I, me nuts. It was weak, but I don't – I didn't necessarily interpret it that he reverted completely back to how he was on Takodana because he wasn't actually – abandoning the fleet but then to, to even backpedal what i just said it's like he did say look they're gonna come here they're gonna kill everybody it's yeah, very he said, it did, this, it, he said it, this yeah. fleet is doomed it did mirror what he said where he's just like you don't know a thing about me and we gotta run because that's the only way so yeah yeah, he's it, like, it, yeah the first order you, he said you can't in, in force awakens said you can't stand up to the first yeah, order but well it, he uh, did and they yeah. blew up star killer base but i did he's kind of hero. feel at the time i he's felt like that dead. it was that he was more focused on saving ray like he put ray above the resistance like on Taco Donna, he was ready to leave Ray and everyone. He was like just no, I, that's fair. But I, I think what he went through on on Starkiller Base also like it lumps in that like true. Yeah. You know, he 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 becomes that here. I just to me that it's just everyone. I mean, you know, Finn. They sacrificed Finn's character to tell this Rose story, which I don't think was very good. And I, I mean, a really. I've really been trying to defend that Rose character in in the initial phases of its casting because I thought it would be interesting and everything else. And I just don't think she was very good, and just don't think that they earned like you know the sacrifice that she tried to make at the end. Which I I thought at the time I'm like, oh wow, she really sacrificed herself, and then you know they didn't do that. It's, it's weird, but like like in the opening when you see Paige's death, I was like moved. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. And like if they did yep. this for the for the for the sister who just died in two minutes and I barely knew her, I can't wait to see what they're gonna dig in with Rose. And then she just kind of fangirls out over Finn and it kind of like you say, it kind of is it's kinda of like they wanted to tell her story about being like uh child labor and stuff and shoehorn that into a story and Finn's just kind of there for her to tell the story to. And yeah. I don't know, like it it was weird and it was rocky, uh, you know, but at the at the end of the day, it was just I don't know. Like if, for whatever reason, it just didn't bother me as much. Like I do see the problem, but uh, for me, it it as soon as we got back to you know Ray and Luke on the planet, it was like okay, we're back to the good part. I don't. I, I it's already kind of out of sight, out of mind. And every time we were going back right. to I, Rose, you know, it's just like I, oh, I, I really was better. I could, like I, I want a ninety minute version of this movie that is just the Force conflict. Like if I can cut that, like that. That to me is like a really good Star Wars film. I, I want to point out everybody um, that we we are aware of what's happening with Matt's audio, but this has been so hard to get this recording done that we're just running with it. Um, it's an unfortunate sorry. thing. Normally, it, it happens, man. I mean, we we try to troubleshoot it a little bit, but this has been like we're recording it really late at night. There's we've tried what we can um, outside of delaying the recording further, so we're just gonna do it. So apologies. We'll fix it for next time. Yeah. And I just maybe I can I like start to contribute maybe a little bit less in order to avoid it, but I just um, want to get it out there. The, yeah, the no. Poe stuff. Say what you got to say. Yes, Poe. Yeah, I mean Poe throughout this film is constantly disobeying orders and getting people killed. Lots of people. <laughs> you know, they were all ready to go to hyperspace before the dreadnought showed up. You know, and the base was evacuated. He decided to kill all the bombers and the snub fighters. 
and then he sends Rose and Finn on this mission. And the only reason why the last the, the first order figures out that the cloaked ships are heading to crate is because of the master or you know the non-master codebreaker DJ that they brought on board. So Finn ends up getting or sorry Poe ends up getting most of the fir- the remaining resistance fighters killed as well. But hey, but you know what, Matt? Of being punished. I like him. But I but like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Holdo Holdo likes him. Leia likes him. And he gets no consequences. And he is unofficially handed the keys to the rebellion because we know Carrie Fisher won't be back, which I do. I did enjoy her performance in this movie. It was amazing. She and, was so much better than the prior film. Yeah, she was great. And however, she's definitely unofficially handing it off to him anyways. At the end, when she's like, what are you looking at me for? Follow him. Like she's saying he's the new leader of the rebellion. He didn't earn it. He's a terrible leader. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's irrefutable. Everything he did le- led to the massacring of the rebellion and a bunch of dangerous situations that he honestly did nothing to fix. He only made no. it worse. Yeah, and what I love, Leia literally says to him, you, you can't fix your problems by jumping into next wing and blowing stuff up. Five minutes later, the First Order shows up, and he asks for permission to get in the next wing and blow stuff up. And the funny ha-ha joke is, yeah, go ahead. Where is the, his consequences? He gets demoted for five minutes. Like It's like I was watching Star Trek Into Darkness, where they stripped the captain rank off of Kirk for like a scene. Like It's just... <clears throat> but that's, that's what my problem with the film is, is that everything around the big meat is just so bad it's like i have to dig through rotten a rotten crust to get to the really good stuff and i can't stop thinking about the bad stuff and for me the post stuff which i think like he's such a great character oscar isaac is so compelling there's so many reasons to like poe um that have been developed over a long period of time at this point with like the poe comic and everything where he's not an irresponsible person he's very like he's very good at his job um and instead we you know the of course the films are the the master plan for for the story and everything else is superfluous and subject to change no matter what they say but you know here we have he's he's being genuinely irresponsible the first half hour of the film which is largely post-centric is fucking terrible um i i as it's his like his jokes to general hugs that was so poorly done it could have it could not have been done worse and it was a terrible way to open a no, Star Wars no, film. No, no, no. You got to take that back. Because on the previous one, you were saying, like, oh, it's going to be General Sucks. I just know it. Oh, my God. It's going to be so terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Hugs is better than Sucks. You got to give me that. No, uh, no. Okay. Hugs no. is better than Sucks, but that belongs in a Marvel movie. That does not belong in Star Wars. But here's the thing. It's not even – it's not that. It's not the Hugs. It's not the Sucks. It's not the Fucks. It's none of that. It's it's the fact that it was that goofy phone conversation. Yeah. That was him taking yeah. he was like, What's a relatable thing from Earth that I can do? Let me do that bit. And then like, you know, hugs with an H. Like let's let me like make you forget that you're in a Star War and talk about, you know, like hugs and hey, he, spelling. He also he also refers to the door guarding the crate base as a big ass door, which I thought was I was like, Whoa, did he just call it a big ass door? That's he I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but I'm, but uh, I don't know. I'm not. But like, oh, but the, the beginning, it, like the the phone conversation, the inexplicably supercharged X-wing with like that. You know, we have explanation from the the visual guide, but not from the not from the film. All the ships yeah. just like we oh we got a chance with these bombers. The bombers that get completely massacred. That have all these character built in them, all these visual character and so mm. much dynamism to even though like the the premise of the space bombing is kind of flimsy at best. But like. It, 
but it, it all it amounts to nothing it amounts to just a fr- i was like oh my god this film is off to a terrible start and then and then it got so much better it just got incrementally better the whole time getting better except for that for all the drama that they implanted with poe's uh plot line it was it was nullified by he, he that all this happened and then leia and holdo have that exchange about how great he is and it's just yeah. i'm like what the fuck is happening here there's no and, consequence. and i don't i don't understand there's so much not telling people what the plan is i feel like poe loved the plan once he found out what it was from leia you know so why didn't they just say what our plan is luke does the same thing luke shows up to stall you know the first order but does he tell anybody that's what he's doing no he leaves it for poe to go wait a minute i know what he's doing it just takes luke saying so it that to me is is once again i don't care like i like the events that are happening in the movie but the plotting is so bad. Like 3PO and BB-8 show up and say there's no way out of the out of the base, just through the front door. And then when the Crystal Foxes leave, they go, wait a minute, maybe a natural opening happened. Like, they didn't think of that? Like, no one bothered to just walk down the tunnels to find them? Leia super Leia's back into the, into the ship, which I actually thought was kind of a beautiful moment. But then when they're faced with some rocks... She can't move the rocks. We need Ray to do that. Like, the plotting doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I kind of wonder how many versions, like not not even what was cut, but how many versions of the scenes did they film? Because that's that's a popular thing to do with with Disney is that they'll they'll play every angle mm. and pick the best right. angle, and how much you know how much do they need to lead viewers by the nose and. It's troubling. I don't want to. I feel like it's a cheap shot to make the generalizations of oh well Disney her 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 der, but. That, that's the reality here because I wouldn't be surprised if there's not somebody at Disney who's the sweetener who takes every major motion picture and comes in and adds in the jokes afterwards because they all have the same cadence. They're all like written by the same person. They all read the same. Right. What is that? And why did, and why do people respond to it? Do people, do people actually like this? Like, cause there was not a ton of laugh. The, the biggest laughs in the theater were all three PO with brilliantly delivered lines from Anthony Daniels. Um, I don't. I just don't know what's happening. Like, is it? In, is it in old my school showings on? It was like I had two different audiences when I saw it in the Cinerama open night, opening night. Like, people just not really laughing at the humor. And today's showing at the at the Chinese theater, people were just eating it up. Every every little humorous, even things I didn't think were that humorous, they were like I don't think were intended to be humor. That is, they were laughing at. What so. does it mean? Like, what what's happening with the 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 cultural consciousness? Like, what what do people like? Are we not are we not in the realm like the three of us? Are we not in the same realm as everyone else anymore? Are we playing in a different ball pit here? I don't know. I I, I read an interesting um, comment on on kind of like because that's what it's been a lot too. Is I see a lot of people saying like, "Wow, this movie did things that I've never seen before," and like I just I want somebody to tell me what those things were. <laughs> Like I like I I haven't heard anyone like say like the one thing I did read is is Ray in in Snoke's throne room and she reaches for the lightsaber and this review that I was reading was like oh and then Ryan Johnson just completely subverts fan expectations and makes the lightsaber come around and hit her in the head it's like a message directly to the audience like this isn't gonna go the way you think like I'm changing the game with you know with this humorous moment I'm sorry but. Vader and and Luke and the Emperor on the Death Star, there wasn't a comic relief moment needed to like, you know, 
just make that tension, you know, beautiful. It was just a dr- it was just drama. Like there wasn't a silly moment in it needed. And I don't understand like do we really have to start talking to audiences? Like I've heard that half of this movie supposedly is like lines directed at the audience about like this isn't going to go the way that you think and this is all new and things are changing and everything's, you know, kill the past. He's actually talking to the crowd. Why can't the movie speak for itself? Why does the movie have to speak like like supposedly talking to the audience. I I don't understand someone thinking that it it's talking to the audience. I, I that's that's new for me. Like I I felt the movie was speaking on its own merit just fine. I mean like and to think no I I don't recall laughing when uh uh like the lightsaber spun around and hit Ray. I didn't think that oh, was man. funny. My, the the two showings I saw, they laughed during that part. Oh man, when that happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I, like to me, that's like he, dude, he's about to beat the shit out of her. It was all what I was thinking. It's like he is fucking toying with her so bad, and then of course he starts smacking her around and like throwing her across the thing and sliding her over there. He says, "Look over there," and she doesn't look, and he just shoves her over there. I I was like intimidated. I wasn't like. Oh, this I'll say most, most of that scene, like 95% of that scene, I do really think is really great stuff. Yeah. But that one, I just, yeah, I mean, the, the crowd laughing, just, I was like, what? This is like, it's this you is know, an intense moment. You, you know, I think, here's, here's something that I've noticed happening way more recently than at least I remember when I was younger, seeing just movies in general. People laugh way more readily now when they're uncomfortable. Like... In any film, if you're so, if you're not sure something's supposed to be funny, you just start laughing. It's like it's a, it's like a self defense mechanism for some people, where if they don't right. know how to react, or if they know how they're expected to react but don't want to react in a sad way, like cry per se, they just start laughing. Or like you know, everyone brag, like people would brag, like when they're like, "Oh, I went to go see that movie. God, that movie was supposed to be scary, but it wasn't scary. I was laughing the whole time. Everybody's looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, all right, shut the fuck up. I get it. You're trying to act tough." Everyone's trying. No one wants to open their emotions in, in a darkened room with strangers. I guess. Right. But right. I'm trying. Like, like a good example was um, I went to go see Captain Phillips, and mm-hmm. at the end, Tom Hanks is giving the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> he's he's going through the stages of like shock. He's like going into shock after everything that's happened to him, and there was like two people in the audience who just started to laugh, like nervous chuckle laugh, because this is a very raw human moment. So it doesn't surprise me that in something as mainstream and as that tries to play as broad as possible, like a Disney owned star Wars film that when they have these situations, not only does Disney probably feel like we need to have humor in it to sort of relieve the tension, but we also got to play to a broad audience and let them know that it's going to be okay, that they should, shouldn't be that scared, which I don't know. It's weird, but, but at the moment in the time seeing it in the theater, I didn't think that thing was funny at all. I didn't think it was trying to be, but I guess if people laugh. Speaking to to the but, broad audience thing, um, Nerdy Show's uh, Brandon, <laughs> who is, if you go way back to early State of the Empire episodes, is on the show. Yeah. Um, he, he asked a very important question. Who the fuck is this movie for? Yeah. Because it's got like some extremely dark moments and then... I mean, not that Jedi didn't have you know Ewoks and also the confrontation in the in the throne room, but like because of the because of the comedy, because of like the way it weaves and and, and orbs around everything, like I mean this, this you it's can ask trying this, to be for everybody. It's trying to be for everybody, but like does that mean that it's in the end like for nobody? I mean, it's for everybody because it's Star Wars, but it's it's a preconceived notion of because Star Wars, then X and Y. So right. I think we're feeling like there was way more comedy and way more drama mixed into it because of the runtime. Well, also because of the whiplash, because every every time it got going in one mood, 
there was egregious like in, inappropriate moments too like i agree with what you're saying doug about the inappropriate you know like laughter when you're uncomfortable yeah but like disney was doing it to themselves when luke shows up to crate and he goes to talk to leia and the first line of their reunion is a joke about her changing her hair like i when that first happened when they were on screen together i was i was tearing up i was about to start crying like a baby and then she made that fucking joke like it's not it, 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 Ryan Johnson was uncomfortable with that moment and had to put humor in there. Hmm. Do you know that for a fact? Well, no, but that's what I'm interpreting from a filmmaking standpoint. That's the thing. It's like my problems with this movie. Like, I'm not trying to say that the movie doesn't have Star Wars look and feel. I've I've argued on this podcast that I hate that that phrase because it means you don't want to do new things. But I still want to argue the movie's merits as a movie, and I just. Things like that just destroyed it as a movie to me. Not even as a Star Wars film, as a movie. I can see why he was very scared and wanted to play certain things safe, though, because this this is was movie, a terrifying yeah. movie to make. Yeah, I I, I couldn't imagine. I, I don't know why he volunteered to do it. <laughs> like, because I, I, I don't know anyone who would volunteer. You'd have to be insane at this point, and right. to go in there and try and do this, but then be like, you know what? I'm going to do crazy radical things, which are some of the things I liked. And then mm-hmm. try and play it safe in these emotional moments because you're scared of what – maybe I'm going too far. Maybe it's too serious and people are going to think I'm too serious. Ah, fuck. Well, maybe people are going to think this is too silly. Well, now i got to make it more serious. And it's like you're just going back and forth and, ah, now it's too slow. i got to cut 30 minutes out and try and speed it up. But, ah, now there's emotional whiplash, so i better tone this down. I, I can see how there will never be anything but problems with it because you're, you're making an impossible film. Like it's, it's – Star Wars is too big. It's, it's too big to fail. And it's too big to to ever please it, anyone. It's too big like, to be an auteur filmmaker thing yeah. anymore. Which which now, if, we, yeah. if you if you want the auteur filmmaker thing, it's going to have to be a spinoff film. But even the spinoff films are not quite uh, there under yet. under extreme scrutiny. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and they'll hand it to somebody like Ryan Johnson, who seemed to be ready to do something along those lines, and did enough of it, impressed upon them enough that they gave him a whole trilogy of films forthcoming. But to what end? I don't know. And I, I would be way more interested in what Ryan Johnson wants to do with his own personal story trilogy, where he doesn't have to meet like the insane demands of like the main Star well, Wars. We've we've been line. jumping all over the place right now, but let's go into to like the the end results of this film, sure. which is it. This film set up a new status quo at the end of the second movie, with only one movie left in this alleged trilogy, unless yeah. they're gonna be like, surprise, it's a quadrilogy. I'm sure they're going to. But you think so? Ah, uh, yeah, because it's... Um, once once they're I, done with this with this supposed trilogy, what are they gonna do? They're gonna sit on it for 20 years and just mix one-offs? That's what they said they were gonna do. Not that I believe them, necessarily. But the Star Wars television show. Because here's the thing. There was so much story crammed in this one fucking movie. I it was, was like... It was like people could, were like, oh, is it gonna be too much like Empire? I'm like, dude, this was like fucking Return of the Jedi. Like, could, like, could this be... Yeah. This could have been a better eight-part television miniseries than a film. They, yep. they, if they have all these expectations about how they want to get from point A to point B in, in this duration of time, the format is garbage. If you want to do a trilogy of films, then you better come in with, with a story, a story that you have when you set out on the trilogy, not J.J. Abrams mystery boxing it in the first one saying, I don't know what the next guy's going to do, but we're, we're, we're going to pl- make the most expensive, exquisite corpse of all time. I'm going to start it. Someone does the next bit. It's all written off the cuff. No one has a plan. And they basically you know, say that with like, hey, you think Snoke's a big deal? Snoke's dead. Whatever. Hey, you think? Yeah, Ray's- what, 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 how's Luke gonna react? He's gonna toss the lightsaber away. Ray was nobody. Like all the mystery box elements were literally none of them received actual like 
came in with responses, I guess. Well, and even like, f- physical manifestation of it. When Ray shows up, we talked about this in the prior episode. We, for, we know from the visual dictionary that the reason Luke was in his ceremonial Jedi robes out of nowhere, even though he was hermiting the entire time, is because he was he was actually about to to well, as we saw <clears> when he put those robes back on, he was about to burn down the Force tree, and Ray interrupted him coincidentally. But that's that's right. I mean, obviously that's bullshit. That's the that's the costume that J.J. Abrams put him in, and Ryan Johnson said, "I have another idea, and it doesn't involve Luke dressing that way." So let's come up with an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. That's not how you fucking make these kind of movies. George Lucas had a vision, and that vision changed exponentially from film to film, but it still had the hallmarks in place. There, there was an there was an interview I read today actually with uh, Ben Burt, and um, that's a sound designer. Yes, of uh, the original Star Wars trilogy and and the prequels. He had nothing to do with any of these movies so far the the new trilogy and he just still has a job and an office over at lucasfilm he's in an office somewhere and uh disney basically told him he's he's like oh do you want me to work on some of these movies and they're like you know what you go ahead and just make up any sounds you want send them our way and we'll decide if we're going to use them <laughs> and that's it he's still in there and like the, you I, you need to read this interview because it's really sad it's like what the fuck are you doing to ben burt the man's a fucking legend yeah he's a he's yeah. a he's a master in his field like yeah. there's no one else like and, him and they're not and they're not using they're not using him but the, the reason i bring it up is because uh they say well how do you feel about you know disney owned and he's like well you know if they don't want to use me that's their choice he was very laid back about it but you could tell he really wanted to get to work because he would he has opinions on things and he has insight because he worked on six movies prior but he says you know Say what you will about it, you know, with George, but at least with George, it was a one-stop thing. It was one guy. And if you had an idea, you talked to George, and either it worked or it didn't, but because it was his vision, it was his decision. Now, there are several groups I have to go through, and this group has to approve before it moves on to this group, and then this group has to approve before it moves on to this group before I get to talk to anybody. And that's really sad, (laughs) especially for a legend like him. Mm -hmm. So, I can see how... Again, the whole way Disney's making movies by committee and everything else. And, I, you know, George, I, I don't know how much of George's original plan carried over to Empire Strikes Back and then to Return of the Jedi. I don't know how direct of a hand he had in it. I like to read the original scripts, and those do seem to help and paint some picture. But you really don't know how much of it was George just saying, yeah, I like that. Go with that. Or if he was like, no, 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 that's not how it's supposed to happen. Like, I, I don't know. But with this... We, I think we are starting to see some of the, you know, cracks in the foundation here when you really are just sort of like, well, we don't know. Just go ahead and do whatever you kind of want. And as long as this fits in, as long as you listen to us when we when we say this needs to have a joke, this needs to be faster. If you're willing to let us help edit the movie, then you can do whatever you want. And I think Gareth Edwards said, yes, I agree. Go ahead and edit the movie. You know, this is the movie. If we don't like it. Well, let's re-edit it. I'm willing to work with you as we re-edit it. Oh, very good. And with... uh. uh uh, Miller and uh, whatever. Lord uh, Miller. Yeah. yeah, Lord Miller. It was like, hey, uh, we need to edit this. And they said, no, you don't. This is our movie. And they said, all right, you're fired. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is all speculation on my part, but it just seems to fit this pattern of like, if you're a giant corporation like Disney, which just recently bought Fox and they have now own 40% of all movies coming out every year and 40% of all TV produced, you know, the fictional TV stuff every year. I don't see them being big risk takers. It's, it's, you know, it's whatever that all being said. Um, I still think, uh, the last Jedi, as far as a movie being made by committee, uh, entertained me. And it had the thing that I thought was the most important thing that they were going to fuck up, which is everything about the force that part, they actually landed. So that's why I have faith 
moving into the next thing, except for the fact that now it's J.J. Abrams. I'm worried again because I don't want Giant Hurtball 4. You know, I don't want a repeat of, oh, shit, there are a lot of fans were... This is, okay, this is a high picture you're going, right? J.J. Abrams sees the response to the prequels. So does Disney. They say, whatever you do, don't do that. And he goes, okay, I'm going to do what people really like. They like A New Hope. Let's do A New Hope. And then I'll pass it off. Then whoever the next filmmaker will be will take it and do something great. The next filmmaker takes it into a new direction. A lot of people don't like it. And he's, they say, J.J., we need you back. Whatever you do, don't do what he did. <laughs> and it's like, okay, um, what's the safe bet now? Well, Return of the Jedi is a safe bet now. But Ryan Johnson already shoved Return of the Jedi into this movie. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to eat? So I- I'm, I'm, I'm worried now because now you put J.J. back into a position where he could just do Return of the Jedi again, but now we can't because it's already been taken from him. And the mystery box ain't going to fucking cut it anymore. And we see sequels like fucking Into Darkness. And after this was already so dark, I- I'm just worried now. And if it was Ryan Johnson again, I would at least say, well, he's probably going to at least continue in the same direction he started. But now I'm feeling like you thought there was emotional whiplash between scenes of this movie. Shit, man. I think there's going to be emotional whiplash toward the next film. Well, and what's interesting is this movie immediately followed the events of the the former movie. Well, here we have a new status quo established where we have like the resistance is now officially the rebellion again. And um, there's like there's this theme of of force users like you know untrained adepts out in the world, yeah, which is there, there, there's a lot about the theme that I could go on because you'd have to shut me up though. Cause I'll the go the on the, the first order has been I assume like not decimated exactly, but like severely, but like basically the the rebellion and the first. It's like what if the imp, the imper, the imperials were not well established? They didn't have a stranglehold over the universe. They were people were very afraid of them, mm-hmm. but like they were t- it's two warring factions and hey everybody pick a side that's where we are right now um with these two very destabilized groups very unfocused groups and then we've have these like the the jedi in the middle of it so this is the status quo that the film leaves us with and it's a very interesting status quo it's definitely not one i would necessarily like have predicted especially not here at the end of the second film with all this these big huge ideas needing to be resolved in a single movie hypothetically i don't i don't think they're going to 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 solve the status quo i think it's just now a permanent status head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul muscal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman and don't forget about gray's anatomy every gray's episode ever is now streaming on hulu So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think by the time this trilogy is over, I think Kylo Ren and and Ray's stories will be over. But I think the I think Disney wants the Empire in control because that, that works with Star Wars land. It works to just continue the Star Wars forever because that's what they want. It's and the I think military-industrial the like, complex. They want rebellion versus empire, which is why I think this movie rebirth 
the rebellion. I think the when this next movie starts up, the First Order will have consolidated power behind Kylo because probably not all their resources were you know involved in this fight. There's probably going to be a, a, a massive jump in time, which is the first time in this trilogy, like between Empire yes. and New Hope. Yeah, and I think um, you know there will be a very interesting thing with Force Ghost Luke between Rey and Kylo. And I think that force bond will continue because that was really freaking cool. And like, but I don't think their objective anymore is to take down the first order. I think Disney's perfect situation would be a permanent, like evil empire. Ironic considering, you know, them, (laughs) but you know, it's, so yeah, I do think this trilogy is going to end in a trilogy, but I would not be surprised to see, Ryan Johnson's trilogy just feature a different story within that first order versus rebellion, like new permanent galactic civil war, I guess. Let me, let me tell you some of the things that I really liked about last Jedi, especially the things that pertain yes, to, this, to this theme <laughs> that a lot of people seem to really hate. For example, uh, uh, I loved the ongoing thing of, uh, this is not the way. It's not going to go the way that you think. Let the past die and all those other things because we need it before. Because I've been wanting new Star Wars for fucking forever. So when Luke and I even said you heard, you can hear it on the last episode. I'm like, oh man, if she hands that lightsaber to Luke and he just throws it over the edge, I'd be so fucking cool. And then it happens, and I'm just like, yes. But then I could feel a thousand voices cry out in terror. Like it's like, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck that lightsaber. Like I'm I'm over it. Like we need to stop. We need to stop this masturbatory fetishization of everything original trilogy. And this is coming from a guy who f- I'll dude, I'll defend like Empire as the by far the best movie to like the day I die unless something better comes along. But <laughs> I, in order for us to get a new story that's not just a, a recycled repeat thing over and over and over again, you have to break the cycle. You have to let the past die. Otherwise, you're going to be pulling out these these old actors over and over. I, I agree with you completely. However, just to play devil's advocate here, Empire and Jedi didn't repeat A New Hope. You know, they did their own new thing. But, yeah. but then that gets lumped into, like, they don't want to repeat the original trilogy. How often has the original trilogy been repeated except for Force Awakens? Well, one would argue that Return of the Jedi was was oh, it's yet another Death well, because, Star because, because of the Death Star. I, obviously, that's a that's a big thing, but it definitely was a little bit going, going back to Tatooine. Got to go back to Jakku. Got to go back to Tatooine, and you get another Death Star. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose the Tatooine thing. I guess it it, it would have been nice if they had Jabba's palace on a different like thing, but I guess early on they supposedly established that he was a, a Tatooine gangster. But I guess it, it probably would have been better not to go back there. But I wouldn't argue Return of the Jedi's structure, though. Like, obviously, it's got familiar elements. But, like, Return of the Jedi as a movie composed, as a matter of fact, if you want to talk about, you know, breaking conventions, they did Tatooine differently. They did the Death Star differently. You know, like, they were – he was already doing things differently with familiar things, which is what people are hailing this film for, which is like, oh, we have a scene – parading her in front of the emperor but it went down differently mm-hmm. you know and then we have a scene with the walkers you know coming towards the base but it went down differently like i feel like we've already done that but i'm, I'm just saying that like i didn't think that the that the problem with like repeating the original trilogy was that actually that big of an issue except for like marketing as an issue 
I'm not saying we should be copying the original trilogy. I really don't want to do that. But I just don't think it was as big of a problem as we suspected it was. I, all I know is that for every everything that this movie did to be like, all right, we need to move on. We need to move on. I mean, granted, it's like some might argue that they don't want to hear a whole movie of just, oh, the things that you guys like are dumb. We got to move on from it. But I, I liked the way... I liked the idea of we need a new Star Wars thing. We need a new trajectory. We have to break this endless cycle. And every little thing about that, every action that Luke took, every bit of dialogue, especially with everything with him on the island, seemed to reinforce that idea and his growth going from the guy who you know didn't want to do it. But now, anyway, I could go on for like for forever. But no, as as, as a moral commentary on yeah. like you becoming who you are based on like looking forward and not back. Like I completely agree. The movie does that very, very well. But I'm just saying as far as like it actually like breaking the mold of the way the movies were done, like literally like while they're in the elevator heading towards the emperor saying like I can feel the conflict in you. Like I've done this before, mm-hmm. but this movie is supposed to be about not doing this anymore. And but it, but know, it does like, but it does go very different. Like it, it, it sets you for me. The thing that is that it was able to give for the people who wanted it to recycle for people who were like, oh, I don't like new things. This sort of let you have your cake and eat it too, where it's like, oh, this is going to be sure. similar imagery. This is going to be a similar thing. But when it comes to when the chips are down, it has to do something different in order for this thing I, to break this cycle. I know, but like, but that like, I feel the conflict in you. I've done it once before. I haven't done it three times, four times. This isn't the James Bond series. Like, I don't know why. I'm just saying, I don't know why Star Wars has gotten the stigma that like I've done all the things that Star Wars does 20 times. We've only done a trench run twice. Because in Force Awakens, they decided to retread territory. They did it on the you know? Death Star 2, except it was in a tunnel. And then they did both of them in, in Force Awakens. So it's like, it's it's it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trench run, then a trench run that's inside a tube, and then it's a trench and tube in, in Force Awakens. Now granted, that's right. just the Death Star, but I mean everything with like uh, the, the evil leader who sits on the throne and then the dark apprentice and oh, you know, now you're going to be my apprentice and blah, 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 blah. That's all like people know, were, I, were seeing it coming from a mile away. Now twice. But even even once The Force Awakens came out, people were trying to look forward to what the next movie's going to be. And they were seeing this whole thing on the same trajectory where it's like, oh, Rey's going to be tempted by the dark side. And Luke's going to come in and have to convince her to save the day. And they're going to have to redeem Kylo Ren in the third film. Oh, and that's so fair. Like, if, if you want to tell me that they that they that you, you can see the trajectory, but at least it was only based on seeing that trajectory only once before. But mm-hmm. when when I don't know, it's just it was getting this stigma that like Star Wars had become James Bond, where it was like, yeah, we're gonna have a meeting in M's office, and we're gonna have like a, a gun barrel, you know, pre gun barrel sequence, mm-hmm. or you know, pre titles credits, you know, like it, it wasn't that formulaic. I'm glad that like we had a whole movie dedicated to saying that no, we're not going to repeat things, but I just didn't think that like that was a thing that happened. But it also accomplished it next happened. to nothing. Like I mean, the big big changes by the end, like in terms of of things, but but really, I mean it. Like with Luke specifically, um, that was miserable. Like the Force stuff was handled cool. The Snoke stuff, like like Ray, Snoke, and Kylo was cool in a way. Except except like I mentioned before, that Ray's past doesn't mean anything, and Snoke doesn't mean anything. So all the setup is like, I mean, it's neat that they said, hey, you know, like the, actually the surprise is it doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. which is interesting in its own which way. Which is not what JJ probably thought when he thought probably about it. Probably not. Right. Um, right. But um. It, it wasn't it didn't go the way he thought um, right 
but but with Luke, I mean, this the fact that he is like an old man who is a failure, and that fa- and that failure, um, like it's not even like, hey, let's take your hero from before and and make sure that he didn't have a happy life afterwards, and that he fucked up everything. Luke learned failure, mm-hmm. and he can continue to learn failure. But the fact that Yoda comes to him and is like, hey, you know, failure is a teacher too. The fact that Luke doesn't know that, even after all the failures he's had, makes no fucking sense. Luke's whole arc <laughs> makes no sense aside from this bizarre, grimdark commentary. It's miserable. And the fact that he dies at the end for a completely unjustified reason, the fact that he like he just like taps himself out too much. Like, you know, because Obi-Wan, when Obi-Wan sacrificed himself, he did that knowing that like, okay, so I'm I'm like depleted by the Tatooine sons, you know, in the new canon. Uh, I'm old now. Um, <laughs> I, I like, let's have Darth Vader strike me down. Let me show Annie something fucking crazy. That he does. And it's going to piss him off. And then I'll be able to say, like, I'll be able to be, to be with Luke the whole time. I'll use this, this new, this new fucking force science that Qui-Gon taught me, you know, I'm, I'm putting in a bunch of, you know, right, right, right. new, new canon stuff into it. But you know, he gets, he gets struck down and he becomes Luke's force ghost, but he was, he was already old. He was never going to manage it anyway. Well, Luke, the thing is Luke is totally capable of doing anything still. He, this is a man who deserves redemption, and his redemption mm-hmm. was one cool but ultimately fruitless standoff. Um, and see, it's it's weird that you think like Obi Wan was really old, whereas Luke could still do so much. They were Mark Hamill was the same age as Alec right. Guinness when he when he they, filmed this. And that that green milk from that sea cow titty um, <laughs> that <laughs> keeps you young and virile. Uh, you know, it's it, all, all uh, the criticism. By the way, go ahead. Yoda's full of shit <laughs> because uh, you guys noticed the books, right? At the end. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he was like, let the past die and destroying the forest tree to teach Luke a lesson, but he wasn't actually burning any of the sacred Jedi texts down. He knew that Ray took it. He literally says like, you know, nothing in that tree that does Ray not already possess. He was being literal. She stole the fucking book. Yeah, he was covering, he was covering for Ray. He was covering for him, but I'm just saying like, He's a little full of shit there because, you know, they're not saying get rid of the old Jedi dogma. They're saying, well, preserve it because this is, you know, we we also need a reason to, you know, advance Ray's training, which they, they could have just done with Ghost Luke, you know, in the next movie. But, right. you know, they probably also want it to make it seem like she's like really, re- you know, preserving the Jedi's legacy. Yeah, but, but it's, it's weird because they're also they're really ambiguous about it because they're like they're like saying the movie spends a lot of time saying that there should not be a Jedi and there should not be a Sith. They should find some balance in between. Okay, right. cool. But then it still ends on yeah, but the Jedi though, <laughs> and I'm like, what? That, that was probably one of my biggest critiques was that in the end it's just like you know oh the Jedi have to end Jedi have to end and I'm in agreement even going into the movie I'm like yeah we got it dude fuck this duality thing we need something more than the two party system <laughs> and then it ends yeah. with like. Yeah, but the Jedi, but and I'm it. like, yeah. I'm I'm just hoping that my hope was that the the trajectory of this, the new trajectory would be, she's gonna make her, it'll be Jedi in name only, like she's gonna make her own thing, she's gonna be the thing that actually makes balance. And when I mean like when they say, oh, we need balance, something that's not Jedi and not Sith, we need something new that's in between. No, because there's always going to be light and dark. You just can't right. be all the way Jedi, and you can't be all the way Sith. These are the two extremes. You need. It's not that we need one united party where everyone agrees. That's that's never going to happen. All Force users, the, the he says the Force is not a thing that you use. You know, it's not like 
the force is in everything. So right. it's in it, good it and bad. It doesn't belong to any group. Yeah, no person like it doesn't belong to any group. You can't claim ownership of it. So as long as there yeah, are no, people, it, it, it's it's a good message. A good a good message for the real world. I I totally like. I'm into it. But I just sometimes in the execution of that, like it kills me in this movie that she just like it just cuts to the Falcon leaving, like when she decides to go. In Empire Strikes Back, and I know once again, I'm not trying to like. I don't want direct retreading but one of the most like well done things is just the really hammering in the folly of luke leaving early and it just there was no drama to her deciding i'm not training with you luke like that was a crazy thing to me when she was like no i think the key to this is ben solo i'm taking off and but yet they didn't like they didn't hammer home this like the impact of that yeah, I mean, to me, it was also, once again, this is like, it's like the opposite. Luke's the one saying, no, I'm going to stay. You can't make me go. And then it stays with him. There's a reason why the camera stays with Luke watching Ray leave. Where you're sitting there going, dude, what the fuck, Luke? You know, like, you're like, you should be on that thing. And, right. you know, and and the, the on the note of... Everyone's like, oh, the uh, this is not going to go the way you think. Like, you know, every, everyone's using that as an argument for, like, you know, whatever, to say that he's talking to the audience and shit. But for me, the more important line that stuck with me is immediately following that, where he says, you know, this isn't going to go the way you think. He's just, oh, but we need Luke Skywalker. He goes, no. What do you think? Luke Skywalker is going to walk out there with a lightsaber and just face down the entire so, army? And and, and and a lot of people have said that is talking to the audience. And no, and well, what, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's. I mean, I, I think it's applicable, but I don't think this is like a ham-fisted attempt to talk directly to the audience because I think sure. half the audience is going, "Yeah, I am expecting that. Like, I, yeah, I do want that." And then mm-hmm. you get it, but not in the way you expect. Like, you actually do get to have Luke have these badass, glorious moments, but then he goes one step beyond as a Jedi Master would do. And I know a lot of people, you know, I know you were, you hated, like, his last line, like, ah, see you around, kid, and everything else, but, like... I, I was okay with see you around, kid. But the, um, uh, maybe it was Colin. Colin hated it, I think. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but the, the, the idea is that, to me, I remember being so scared when we, when we heard, oh, he's just gonna die on Octo, and he's gonna project his Force image, and Kylo Ren was gonna suck the life out of him. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, Kylo, I thought it was gonna be like a bat, like a psychic yeah. battle of the wills. But no, right, it right. was just that he had exerted himself. And I'm like, ah, that's still kind of weird. But then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, well, he's so fucking powerful. He projected his image across the galaxy for like a good hour. And, and you see him struggling there too. And, when he finally dies, I didn't even think of it as that. I mean, yeah, I'm sure the official explanation is he, you know, just he exerted himself so much his body couldn't take it and he just fucking died. But I also, I in the moment, I took it to mean that he was letting go, that he was yeah, like, I, I, I don't have an issue with his death. It's yeah. just well, in... what's I have I have a huge issue with his death. So so what's the objective? So like so you just so a, a Jedi's purpose is to is to let go and become one with the Force whenever you're feeling like yeah I did an okay job I guess. No, I don't think I don't think he thinks his job is done. I think is he thinks the job is just fucking beginning. But right, he's, the, the war is on, and he ain't gonna fight it as a ghost. No, but Ray will. He should be. He well, if he, it's no man. Like, uh, dude, the, the, what, his, his story. What, what you're com- what you're complaining about is exactly what happened with Yoda and Obi Wan, and it's like we don't complain about Yoda and Obi Wan. It's like Yoda didn't. How come Yoda didn't fucking leave Dagobah and help him go fight the Emperor? The two of them together clearly could outbest the Emperor. And it's like, no, Yoda stayed behind on Dagobah. Luke stayed behind on Acto. In, in Jedi, Yoda looked like he was about to cough up a lung. 
Luke mm-hmm. is supposed to be old. Yeah, but he he's still he's out there fishing. He's out there gathering milk. He's out there being. He's out, he's out there holding himself in defense We're, against Ray with with a staff. He he's living a hearty lifestyle, like pretty uncompromised. But that's like old samurai shit. Him defending himself against I, Ray I'm with a staff, the, and like, she did eventually knock him on his ass. His his story, like this this is like I don't know what their objective was in taking Mark Hamill out of the picture, but this feels a little more like he's a, not out of the picture. He's gonna be a force ghost. Yeah, I know. I meant I meant like in a bigger like like he should have been like especially honestly i feel once carrie died they should have like come in there and changed the ending because like like luke skywalker fighting alongside the rebellion that's how it should be that's the cooler story luke i mean but that's not the jedi way like that's not that's the jedi have to die no no luke Luke skywalker force dude but Luke's no Luke Skywalker, hero of the fucking rebellion, where he's get, this old grizzled guy is going to pick up a lightsaber and save the day. It's just not going to happen. There's no reality where that, and I don't mean in terms of writing. I mean in terms of the in the universe explanation. It's not going to happen. He's 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 moved beyond that. There's no like Jedi's use the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And it's he's, like we're we're expecting him to go John Wick on everybody. He's a secondhand Jedi who never had formal training. Who then screwed, and then in the continuity of this film, screwed up, like could not hack it. He has led a he was a, he was a hero of a generation, both in world and in our own world, and was a miserable failure and has no opportunity to redeem himself except as a ghost pal for Ray. Bullshit. Fuck all that. That's right. stupid. Right now, Cap, I I completely like. I agree with you. Like the the saga of Skywalker is in such shambles as far as legacy is concerned. I would be better. I would feel better if they just acknowledge that this is no longer like the adventurer's tale. You know, like the the tropes of that. This is no longer you know Joseph Campbell style story, and this is instead a tragedy because like the Skywalker family line is just all sorts of fucked. <laughs> Well, did he not say? I mean, did, did the events of Return of the Jedi now mean nothing? Like, he, they still saved the Sorry. galaxy. They yeah. still they still saved countless of. That's like saying Schindler's List. Like, oh, Schindler was a fucking failure. Fuck that guy. It's like he fucking saved all these people. Like well, Luke Skywalker well, saved generations like, of people. It'd be more like if if Oscar Schindler shot Hitler, but then like Schindler's you know son then started like the 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 fourth not, like German Reich. But that's how real life goes. The evil's never completely defeated. Like, yeah, bad, bad things still happen. World War Two didn't but, stop or, all wars or, forever. Or it's more like if Oscar Schindler gave birth to the Fourth Reich and then quit on the world <laughs> and said, "Oh well, I guess the like the universe is evil." Luke has Yoda. Yoda did the same thing. He has Yoda and Obi Wan both but did he, the but exact he, but same thing. But he left behind the legacy of of Luke to to redeem it. Like. He, you, I mean, yeah, he's leaving behind like, Rays, but I'm just saying the Skywalker like, saga, the Skywalker. I'm not talking about the universe in general. The, the, the like, the the tale that George wanted to tell of a family that like fell and then rose back again due to the love of his son. Like, yeah, they have invalidated that. That story. I don't understand how that story is ruined. That story still happened because this is, this is a different story. Because then Luke went on to to actively participate in the creation of another Darth Vader. That 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 killed an, the entire like Republic, like you know, led to the like start the firing of Starkiller Base. You know, I, to destroy I, the Hosnian system I and just, then take over the galaxy. I I don't see how 
you can have a happily ever after story with these characters and still have it called Star Wars. Uh, th- that family line is like Imperial, you know, galaxy domination, then a dude that interrupts it for 30 years, and then another guy who conquers the galaxy. I'm just saying the saga of Skywalker is a failed one. Like, was it it's not, not necessarily a bad thing? It's just you have to acknowledge that things have changed. Yeah, but was it not also failed in the expanded universe when uh, uh, the the solo children were fucking fighting each other because one goes evil and shit? Like, yeah, and and I would argue that is the linchpin where it all fell apart. The nice thing about that saga is Darth Cadus wasn't in charge for very long, and and his sister ended up defeating him, and his sister continued the good Skywalker solo legacy. This trilogy has a very good possibility of just leaving the entire Skywalker like contribution to this galaxy as an overall negative one. Unless Ray and turns out think, to be uh, the the daughter of Han Solo and or, and Leia, or we get a little Kylo Ray you know action, and then you know Ray pops out a baby, which is super disturbing to me because he's he's evil, uh-huh. like he's he's totally awful. Like the fact, even even though I thought the scenes between them were really well done and and speaks to Ray's character as like being rather I don't know naive but hopeful. Like I still right. think that like he's he's unforgivable, and her quest for redemption for him is is uh, uh, challenging to say the least for me to buy that. I right. I, I think if Vader can be redeemed, so can Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren still is struggling. Whereas Vader, and that, that's know. another failure of the Luke legacy. Luke shows up to crate and tells Leia, I can't get him back. He's gone. Like, this is the man who saw good in Darth Vader. And he's like, I'm sorry, your son's fucking toast. And then goes out there and, you know, he's like, you can't save me. And he's like, you're right. I can't <laughs> like, I'm not here to do that. Like, because because be- because Kylo Ren blames Luke, he doesn't mean you can't be saved. He just means I can't save you. Okay, I can buy that. But, you know, him, you know, him saying that to Leia as like possibly their final interaction. I mean, I well, definitely their final interaction, or at least on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's pretty drastic. But I but I mean, I I but the the way I took it to mean is that Luke Luke had realized that Kylo Ren blames him and he's going to take that willingly. He's he's going to accept the fact that I am the reason this is all happening. I am the reason that he turned and the First Order has risen again and everything else. I can't save him, but he will still be saved. And I'm going to use his anger against me to put it on me, even if it means my death, to make sure that Ray and everyone else gets away because they're the ones who are going to... Because that's what he says. I'm going to kill you and the fucking Jedi. They're all fucking dead. And then we're going to do that. And he goes, yeah, everything you just said is wrong. Because Luke is now, as a master, playing the long game. Sees beyond the fe- the, the, the mistakes he's made. And he's going to see but, how it's actually going to work out. But there's no... Like, I can't... I You know, they could they could surprise me. But I don't see a situation where Kylo can be redeemed with any sort of state because Snoke's gone. Like there's no bigger evil to make it like he is the evil. What, what is he going to do? Redeem just say, Oh guys, you know what? I'm going to leave the first order as a democratic society. Like it's not going to go that way. He's literally Supreme leader, which another twist that I think is very interesting, but you know, it'd be nice if there was another Skywalker to at least make me feel like the Skywalker family isn't fucking nuts. Cause it's like, why do we come all this way? You know, why, why did any, why, like, why does any of this, like, we're just, we're indulging it because, because of our connection with what came before. 
But like, if this right. was its own thing, would we care? I don't know. It... Unless unless Disney has done a complete reversion and this is no longer in a, you know an adventurer's journey. This is this is a tragedy. This is you know the tragedy. You know, of, I, I do of think that, that Disney does view this as the story of the Skywalker family and not about a fun space adventure anymore. Like I will concede that because they're thinking, oh well, if we want fun space adventures, ah, eh, here's here's a Han Solo movie for you. You know, like it's yeah. not they're not really looking to this. They're they're, they're thinking and that the whole fucking bullshit thing they keep being like, oh, Star Wars is about family, family. Family. I'm like, all right. I'm pretty sure Star Wars is about you know hero's journey, uh, lasers and stuff. But I don't know, man. Like you know, I I, I can't speak to where Di- where Disney's gonna take it and what how they view it and everything else. All I know is that uh, for me, the most important part was how did they handle the Force? How did they handle this delicate thing that speaks to a much larger, deeper human spiritual element? And while I felt that they nailed that any plot element any any plot problems or pacing problems or anything else was kind of it just became secondary to me because of the way that they that i felt that they landed it at the end which i thought was going to be the worst part i thought that was going to be like terrible and maybe because my expectations were so low i enjoyed it i don't know yeah i i honestly doug like that's the like the best reasoning i've gotten for someone liking this movie Uh, you know finally something like that I can say, like, oh, I can see that. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I totally buy, you know, that positive reaction to the film. I just, I don't know. You know, I, 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 just... the, th- the thing that that upset that it, I don't want to say upset because it makes it sound like I was angry, but the one that confused me was, and you're not alone in this, but everybody started to list this as like the worst Star Wars film of all time, even below the prequels, and that's when I was just like, what? Like even I, below I the... Mean, that, the right now, it's like I'm I'm re- removing like I initially I had said that there was a long space between Attack of the Clones and this movie. I'm removing that long space because I got to focus on the things that I enjoyed when I watched the second time around, and like I realized I can live with this film. But I just you know Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith, like I got to sit there and think to myself like, oh, you know, there's some interesting new institutions and planets and I want to know more. This movie, like, I don't want to know any more about this movie. I'm eager for Solo to come out so I can get some more Star Wars. Like, like the Canto Bite book's actually pretty good. The, the, the novellas are actually pretty good inside. But, like, I'm so put off by how poorly Canto Bite was, was portrayed that I don't want to know anything more. Crate's not that interesting. It's very pretty. Like, there's nothing expanding like this movie's universe is just this movie. Even Force Awakens, I felt like the galaxy was big. Like this movie literally like there's even a part, you know, they contact their outer rim allies or they reach out to them and the galaxy doesn't respond. Like that to me it symbolizes how I feel about this movie. Like they're alone in this. And I just there's nothing for to keep me like I I've got the Cobalt Squadron book in the mail today that I'm going to start reading tonight. And I just I don't really care that much about Cobalt Squadron. <laughs> like, I don't want to know any more about it. Well, them. they all did. Like, so, yeah. I don't know. For me, it's like the idea was that I think Ryan Johnson was like, well, I have to, we have to have them at their lowest point, and it has to be lower than Empire. Like, like, like we have to trim down the resistance to like 80 people <laughs> and then see them bounce back in order for the victory to be that much sweeter. And I get that. That's fine, you know, but, yeah. And, you know, Cloud City was interesting, and you know they, they introduced the bounty hunters in Empire. Like that was an interesting concept. Yeah, but like, but but I don't I don't see how like Dagobah, other than like Yoda's presence there in the Force Cave, 
was any different than like Octo or like I, I was interested in Octo. I was still interested in Canto Bite because we got to see so little of it. I wanted to see actually more. And, you know, Return of the Jedi, again, it just goes back to Tatooine, goes back to the fleet, goes back to Death Star 2. I mean, we do get Endor. Yeah, but, but, but hold on. Like, first of all, Endor is full of ecology and crazy sure, aliens. Like, sure. When you, you know, delve into it. And then Tatooine had Jabba's palace filled with all kinds of crazy characters. Like, Canto Bite showed me so little and, and also showed me, like, you know, they talked about a seedy side but they only showed some kids getting whipped. Like to me, that's not like, that's not that interesting. Like I've seen that in Phantom Menace. Like there's not, it's just, I don't want to go back to this world. I guess that's the big difference. I guess when I saw attack of the clones, which I considered to be the worst of the prequels, like I want to go back to Coruscant. I want to go back to see more about this new trade, you know, like the, the separatists. Cause you know, back then it was just the trade federation. Now it's the separatists. I wanted to know more about, the Camino cloners and the clone army. I wanted to know even more about the, the new Jedi that are featured in the film. I don't want to go back to this movie. I dreaded seeing this movie again. I, I enjoyed it a little bit more this, the second time, but this universe, like it's the first time I've seen a star Wars movie where I'm like, I don't want to go back to this one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't, I'm, eager to see it again because like i do feel like i'm like somewhere between the two of you because i i mean that this is the problem is that i think we all we all see each other's points in this and they're all they're all accurate and valid simultaneously it's just whether or not one thing bugs you more than the other because there there's i'm sure there was things that it's it's about balance yeah all these things i think if if i if i were repressed more i think i would probably point out things that bugged me that probably didn't bug either of you right and vice versa. So, uh, you know, whenever uh, people have been asking me, like, Doug, what did you think of this? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know if I can recommend this movie to you because I don't know how you're going to react because I don't know how my <laughs> fr- my close friends are reacting, let alone I didn't th- I didn't think I would react this way. So I honestly right. can't tell anyone if they're going to like it or not. And I, I was fairly confident that I could recommend Force Awakens to certain people and be like, oh, you're going to love it. Or uh, you might think it's a little silly, but I think you're going to like it, you know, whatever. This one, I'm. I really don't fucking know because it's not just among ourselves, but online. There, I mean, and and Matt, you're being, you're trying to be as constructive as possible. But there are some people online that are fucking yeah. like, like they're burning Star Wars shit now. Like for them, they're like when Leia I, did her Force uh, pull through space into this thing. Some people are like Star Wars jumped the shark with that. Fuck this movie, burn it to the ground. And I'm like, oh my god. Like, yeah, actually, I thought that was that was reasonably well done. I think it's inconsistent with later parts of the movie, but I I do think that part is well done. Yeah, and I you almost know, fucking funny. cried. <laughs> like, I almost yeah. wept at that. Yeah, on the on the opposite end of things too. I've seen things online where people like the highest you know rated comments on Reddit sometimes are like you know in in posts about how the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is so far below the critic score is like people saying like all the people who are saying this movie is terrible or a bunch of like, I've seen some horrible things. People calling them, you know, mouth breathers and neck beards that like, just, you know, Oh, they changed up my star Wars. People are getting like a lot of like vitriol about this movie both ways. Like guys, let's talk about what we did and didn't like about this movie. Not let's not like criticize the other side. I think, you know what, you know, what might be the biggest failing of this movie sincerely is the movie was trying to reach for this message of, light and dark sith and jedi fuck that we need to like make a new thing and be united under this new thing and all it did was drive a huge wedge between all the fans like yeah. in a way that i've never seen and that's even including the prequels like 
Now, I will say one thing, though. There was a commenter on Reddit, and I can't speak for the validity of this because I was not alive at the time. But he says he was a young he, he was a young lad when he saw A New Hope in theaters, and uh, he was a young man when Empire Strikes Back came out. And he says that uh, when Empire Strikes Back came out, people were just as divided then as we are now about the Last Jedi. Like some That's people, crazy. some people hated Empire Strikes Back when it came out, and were like, "This is terrible! It ruins everything I loved about Star Wars. How could they do this? I don't even know if I'm a fan anymore." Like all the everything, like sort of like poetry. It rhymes. Like people, people are doing the same thing now. As as when Empire came out, but now Empire is obviously regarded as like you know the untouchable film uh, among among most people that are Star Wars fans. So I'm not saying that's going to happen with the Last Jedi. I'm just saying I'm really interested where this is going to stand in the long term. A lot like this in Rogue One. I want to know where they stand ten years from now. I know that. Yeah. yeah. For all the problems with Rogue One, I felt more comfortable enjoying Rogue One, even with with shit like that awful, inexcusable Ponda Baba scene, of which there's nothing even remotely similar, right. in or is remotely shameful in Last yeah. Jedi. That or the 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 three PO scene in, yeah. in in Rogue One. Both those are more terrible than anything that happens in the Last Jedi. But I think I still enjoy Rogue One more. See, I think, uh, looking back, I, I mean, I'm probably going to eat these words later, but I, I look back at Rogue One, and I have yet to see it. I, I saw it once I saw it once in the theater, and I saw it all the way through one more time on at, at home, and I've seen other scenes on Netflix and stuff, like skipping through it, trying to see scenes and stuff. My current thing on Rogue One is I think that the characters weren't fully developed for the movie, and they didn't come through all the way. I know they had great ideas, but it just didn't come through. And the rest of it just feels like a big, fat, warm nostalgia blanket. And that's nice. That's fine. But it doesn't really work completely as a film for me. And I think Force Awakens, I really like the characters. I really like the setup. But it didn't – and the nostalgia was wrong. Like, it wasn't didn't fit right. It just didn't feel right. So it, 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 it succeeded where Rogue One failed and vice versa. Last Jedi, I feel, has the, the weaknesses and strengths of both. And that's why it's so difficult to pin down and why everybody is reacting to it differently. It's tough. This is so tough. Um, I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, now I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, but I, I do, you know, I do really want to see it again because there's there were so many things that I thought were neat. But it, I mean, and then so many things that were frustrating. What sucks is, that, you know, this is this is it. You know, this is this is the definitive word on Star Wars. This is this is where the characters we care about old and new. This is this is the official word on it. It's not going to change again. This is it. And there's, I feel, a lack of reverence towards that. And I don't mean that, you know, no one should be handled delicately, audiences included. I'm all for radical change. But But even, even, this is not radical change. And look at how people are reacting now. If anything, Disney's going to freak the fuck out and be like, no, don't do anything different now. We have to just make simple things all over again. It's funny. I, I, I was actually just discussing that today, is that like, it's not a good thing for even if you hated this movie, it's not a good for, thing for them to necessarily know that you hated it because when they counteract, like if they if Disney decides that people reacted to this poorly, the counteracted, you know, basically just going to remake a new hope over and over and over again. The course correction is going to be a rough one if they decide that something needs to change, and because I don't know, so so, but I guess I mean we're running long. I don't know how much longer you guys want to go before we got to wrap it up, but I I, I think. My me, I'm gonna have to see it again. But walking out of this movie, I feel like, despite the weaknesses, I still really enjoyed it, and I don't think that there's anything that can't be fixed or anything that ruins anything. Um, 
because for me the the parts that it lands i feel like make up for it and i can't say the same for a lot of the prequel stuff uh like there's things in the prequels that i like that are completely unrelated to the story or characters or whatever i like things on, on purely technical levels whereas here i don't like things on a technical level such as pacing and editing or or, or word choices for certain dialogue things like uh, you know people were complaining about how characters spoke with certain things but the th I, I haven't heard anyone else point out how someone says it's now or never what scene am i quoting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm quoting half yeah. the movie it's now or never it's like and it's like the most commonly used phrase it, they said it's now or never more than may the force be with you oh yeah and mm -hmm. um they actually that, want a super cut of like poe screaming in his x-wing isms yeah because like it was cute in force awakens but now he's done like you know He's gone a little overboard. Yeah. So, but even despite all that, and I can't even really fully, fully, you know, figure out why. I have to let it digest even more. But at the end of the day, I walk out of, or, or you know, I, I, I finish seeing this movie, and I still feel, it still made me feel good about the Force and our place in it and how it relates to real life. Maybe on subsequent viewings, things are going to bug me more. I don't know. But, uh... I'm, it could. I mean, Force Awakens got worse over time for me, and mm. Rogue One has actually gotten a little better. And I know why Rogue One's gotten better for me is I think the expanded stuff for Rogue One has been like really, really good, and that character, um, you know, that development that may have been lacking in the actual movie. Like, you know, now I know everything about like Jin's life going in, and how it plays in so well mm. to the you know actual events of the movie. Not every movie has that, you know, that little extra spark i guess yeah. but you know opinions change over time i just i don't know how i'm yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how i feel about last jedi in like a year expanded content is tough because i feel like us three we knew dj and holdo a bit better than um than other people and those characters were, were pretty lacking on screen if we didn't have what little we had to go with for them um but then there is also i mean there's some real achievements in this like the when i didn't i didn't want I was just getting to like Haldo and I didn't want to lose her. And yeah. then when we did, but like that scene, that sequence of destroying the supremacy was visually incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, and and it proved yeah. to Poe, it proved to Poe that she was the hero that he didn't think she was. He was yep. wrong about her. Yeah. That's it solidified that. And uh, Ray in the, uh, in that force cave, um, that was a really cool scene. I don't think it added anything to like, to the yeah, story I, at that's all, what but... I was wondering. Like what, what did we learn? What did she learn? I, I'm, we learned. I'm sure that's just up to uh, the interpretation. Yeah, mutually nothing. It wasn't clear. I feel, but um, but it was cool, and it was cool to have that in this in Star Wars, as was that the the dynamism of the communication across boundaries that was so well handled. It's shocking how well handled that was because it could have been yep. terrible, terrible. So I'm I'm very curious about Ryan Johnson's you know trilogy of films. I don't know that it, it makes a difference that it's not a numbered trilogy. I'm not sure because I do still I do still like him as a director, but I don't know what happened here. I don't know where to put the blame because there there are some things that I feel are glaring like problems that are that are just kind of kind of damning. Most of all most of all Poe being a, a murderer and getting away with it. But um, <laughs> I, really he should he should be in the brig. Like they they should be like shooting him for like neglectful command or something I, I, I mean if this was a, uh, a regular military yeah but at this point he's one of the six pilots they have left and he is an amazingly skilled pilot so they need him more he than is ever. very skilled well he's a scoundrel i like him yeah so he he's got it. a thing for scoundrels uh, clearly uh, anyway so this conversation is obviously going to keep going it's going to keep going probably for the rest of our damn lives um <laughs> and 
it you should if you we've been wrong about so much more before i'm two weeks it, from now we're all gonna be going you know what it's out it's okay it's like it's gonna it's like it's, it's, it's as soon as we see han solo go oh god i thought i thought last jedi was bad but holy shit han solo well, hopefully that's not going to be the case but we can never say i mean this this analysis that we've been doing since the era of the disney star wars it's it's complicated like there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces there's a lot of layers to it that are hard for us as the general public to discern episode nine return of the clones oh i don't know about this one guys <laughs> Jeez, oh it's like poetry it rhymes um <laughs> so keep this discussion going on our star wars spoilers facebook group um by all means like th- it's not it's far from over uh, let's take yeah, this fight to the skies. And, and just to add to that, like <laughs> it's felt really good talking about it. So if there's anyone like you really need to get something out about this movie, engage with people about it because yeah. it's like it feels a lot better. Because I, yeah, because to to be clear, I really enjoy this film. But if someone says they didn't enjoy it, I don't think you're an idiot. I don't think you're you didn't get something. I I yep. want to be the cheerleader who's like, hey, you know. I know you didn't like it, but I think there's a lot of things to like in this. So let me tell you why I like it. And I, I would encourage you to find something you like about it, too, because I'm sure there's something in here for everybody. And for someone to as Star Wars fans, we all want to like it. And when I feel the hurt that other Star Wars fans feel, I want to comfort and be like, ah, it's fine. You know, it's we've been through worse. <laughs> like we have survived yeah. much worse than this. We as a people can move on. We can do this. But. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the future of media as we know it and storytelling as we know it will, uh, will, will evolve and, uh, and not be impacted by, uh, one giant monolithic company owning 40% of it. Um, (laughs) I really want to hear what George's ideas were for seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they stink. They they could have, maybe they're brilliant. But he's, he's been a great idea guy. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know what what the fresh take would have actually been, and not not whatever the fuck has happened. This this directionless mess that uh, of. I know. Yeah, I know. You guys feel like it's directionless, and I th- I think it 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 does it does kind of shove the mess to someone else now, to someone else's to to JJ's plate. But I I felt better coming out of this in terms of like the trajectory than I did out of Force Awakens. Well, well, apparently, Iger said. Uh, at a con, you know, some sort of shareholders conference type thing, uh, that today was the day that Abrams is supposed to pitch his story for nine. So if you think that there's a trajectory, Iger doesn't know yet. <laughs> no, no, I know, and I, that 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 worries me. But I, but yeah. like you know, in terms of, I feel like that this was a way of telling Star Wars fans the universe is open, anything can happen, we can go anywhere. That there's so much to be explored. Whereas Force Awakens was just kind of like, hey, it's fun again. It's okay to right. love us again, and like that was it for that. That was the message I got from that. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's a fair assessment. If you dig what we do, please support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/NerdyShow. It supports all the shows in the Nerdy Show Network, State of the Empire included. You can also shop on Amazon at NerdyShow.com/slash/Amazon. Any of our affiliate links will give back to us. Um, but if you don't want to spend any money, hop on iTunes, give us a rating or a review, or on Podchaser. Same thing there. But you can rate and review certain episodes. Like if you want to say, hey, this specific episode sucked, I hate these opinions, and uh, eat shit and die, you, you can. <laughs> I would really prefer you don't. I would really prefer a five-star review. Um, I encourage that. Uh, if you, you know. gave us a five-star review, you can say eat shit and die, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let that slide. Um, but we, we, if you, if you love us, we do need your support. There's, there's a great many Star Wars podcasts out there, and uh, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we want, we want to keep doing this. So help us keep doing it. 
by rating and reviewing us on iTunes and supporting the show on Patreon, um, which uh, which is has apologized for their past transgressions and uh, and everything's sort of <laughs> sort of fine now. So if you're following the Patreon drama, uh, it's gotten better. And if not, then uh, don't sweat it. Everything's the same way it was. <laughs> um, We'll be back extremely soon in, in just a matter of days because Doug and I will have done the Star Wars VR Void um, Secrets of the Empire at uh, Disney Springs in Orlando, Florida. Matt, hopefully you'll be joining us for that discussion. Um, I, I'd like to. And we'll, yeah, we'll see you real soon, and then we'll probably catch you again in 2018 once the dust is settled. <laughs> Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Matt. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.